You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show, bringing you the biggest guests and best interviews. We're talking to Andrew Brandt, the Monday morning quarterback columnist. If Jamal Adams called you for advice today, what would you tell him? Once you get to trade demands, then you're not talking. Then it's kind of like baseball. Then you're just kind of in the corners. You know, can we get to a contract and not have him sit for two years waiting for that to happen? Talking to Paul Feinbaum of the Mothership. If you ran Oklahoma State's athletic program, what would you do? I would get rid of him. Really well known for one thing, Dan. He, he, he gave a memorable speech. I'm 40 and I'm a man. He's 50 now and uh, he's a buffoon. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. This is Dan Patrick. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. It's hour two on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Talk to Adam Sandler coming up next hour. 30 years ago today, he started at Saturday Night Live. Uh, Nick Wright from Fox Sports will join us coming up. I want to ask him how optimistic he is that his friend Colin Kaepernick will get a job in the NFL. We spent a little bit of time in the first hour. We talked about zero progress with Major League Baseball. And the point that I'm making with Major League Baseball and some of these other sports, we start talking about the monetary aspect of this, certainly with baseball. It's back and forth with the players, with the owners. I don't even know if they're going to be able to pull this off, given you had players testing positive down in Florida. They went down for spring training to get ready for the uh, season. And then you had, you know, I don't know how many players test positive. I just don't know if they can pull this off. I don't, that hasn't even been brought up. It's all about the money that uh, the owners are going to lose and the players want to make. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this to keep everybody safe. College football. You know, maybe the philosophy is, hey, let them all test positive, get it out of the way, and then we can resume our season. Because I don't understand, you know, the philosophy moving forward with this. We can look at 18 or 19-year-old and say, oh, he's going to be healthy. What if a head coach gets it? Then it's different. But we talked to the uh, commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, about that, and he's got a lot of options, you know, uh, what kind of plans you're going to have in place. If uh, they're not able to start on time or maybe only have conference games. But, man, this is still a work in progress. Even the NBA, they had, you know, what, 4,000 positive tests in Florida. And, and I know that may not sound like a lot, but I don't know if the NBA can pull off this as well. I just, boy, this is a juggling high wire. No net. Uh, we did talk about the uh, incident at Talladega, Bubba Wallace. Uh, one of the members of his racing crew found a noose in the garage stall. The uh, race was um, postponed yesterday. They're going to race today, at least weather permitting, at 3 o'clock. And I just didn't know the safeguards that they had, security cameras, how many people, you know, because of COVID, you don't have many people who are there uh, able to walk by. You can see the cars, but these cars are next to each other. You know, they're, they're, the proximity is they're really close. And I said to Paulie, we should get somebody on who knows Talladega just so we can give the fans a sense of exactly what, what is going on. I can't imagine what Bubba Wallace is thinking today. He's got to go out and race. He didn't see the news uh, uh, from uh, what Marty Smith of ESPN was reporting, but a member's team did. But all the progress that you think you've made, and then this happens, and he's got to get in a damn car. And man, am I rooting for him. 
Dave Moody was the guy that Paulie suggested we talk to, uh, known as the Godfather. He lives at the tracks, uh, lead turn announcer for uh, Motor Racing Network, joining us from Talladega. Dave, thanks for joining us on short notice. Give us a set. Well, let me let me start with the obvious. The reaction when you heard about this uh, yesterday afternoon or last night with the news found at uh, Bubba Wallace's garage. Well, horrified certainly is the is the first knee jerk reaction. Um, as a member of the NASCAR family, the NASCAR community, I would say there's a certain factor of embarrassment here, despite the fact that we don't know yet who's responsible for this. Uh, you know, it, it's been it's become a very much a front burner topic in the recent weeks, Dan, despite, you know, 60 odd years in this sport battling uh, w- with the different elements and facets of racism. But boy, it's become hot burner here lately. And it uh, and it clearly is flushing a lot of people with antiquated views out of the shadows in a big time way here in the last few days. Take me into the garages there, the setup that Bubba, Bubba Wallace would have, and then who has access to that? It's very different since COVID-19 than it has been. Uh, a year ago this weekend, there would have been literally thousands of people in the garage, fans and sponsor representatives and the like. This year, with the COVID-19 shutdown, there's a very finite number of people that have access to the garage. It's race teams, you know, obviously race team members working on all those race cars. There are there are track personnel there, you know, people that have to empty the garbage cans and, and the like. There's law enforcement. There's emergency, emergency medical uh, people on hand, NASCAR officials, certainly. Uh, but it's a, a pretty finite number of people compared to what it would have been a year ago. I don't know about do, do teams have their own security for their, their their cars and what does Talladega offer? They really don't. Uh, the tracks provide security. Obviously, the, the garage areas are fenced off. Uh, there is considerably more space between the actual teams this year than there has been in the past because they've gone to every other garage stall in order okay. to help with the social distancing, but the tracks are responsible for cordoning off those areas. The garages are are generally, and I can't say in every case, but they are generally locked up after the garage closes and the teams go home for the night. Who might have access during those, you know, after hours times, I don't know. I'm reasonably confident though, that, that with the, the assistance of video cameras and the like, we're going to find out who did this. But do we know, like, does, does Na- has NASCAR even announced that they have cameras here? I haven't seen anything or heard anything, but I don't know if they have coverage of the exterior of these garages or interiors. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what they have available to them. I, I know that, uh, that NASCAR is a sanctioning body, travels with a lot of video coverage to keep an eye on things that are going on in the garage. Quite honestly, I don't know the extent of that. And very few people do know the extent of that. And that's kind of the idea. Uh, NASCAR, in a kind of modified big brother approach, they don't want these race teams to think that nobody's looking and nobody's seeing what they're doing to these race cars at any time during the course of the weekend. So I'm reasonably confident without knowing the specifics that that they're going to have some video footage to look at here. What's the weather going to be like at Talladega? I don't know. You know, it, it was a 20% chance of rain yesterday. Uh, the rain moved in about two hours before race time, and it just never let up. The forecast for today is not as good as it was yesterday. Uh, 
But I'll say this, Mother Nature has not been a friend of ours this year. We were supposed to rain out far more, far more often than we were supposed to race. And while we've had a few of those this year, more than we would like, we've also gotten a few in that, that the, uh, the weather guessers didn't think we had a chance at. So we'll see. This is a hate crime, you know, Dave. I think somebody should go to, go to jail for this, uh, whoever it is. I don't know if they said, well, maybe it's an inside job. I, I mean, to me, I don't care if it, it's – unless it's somebody on Bubba's team, you know, if it's an inside job, uh, you know, they, they should go to jail for this. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and I know at this, you know, at a time like this, it's hard to look at, at a situation like this as anything positive. But in a, in a backhanded sort of way, it is. In the last two or three weeks, um, we in the NASCAR community have been able to, to look at our circle of friends and realize with a great degree of certainty that some of them are dinosaurs and some of them are still in the 1800s and some of them are, uh, up until very recently, closet racists. And every opportunity we get to weed them out, even if it's one by one or one a week or one a month, it's still one fewer than we had when we started. So I guess that's the, the upside to all of this. Yeah. And I, I hear people and you've spent your life in this sport, Dave. Um, you know, I just do drive bys with this. Uh, you know, I'm curious and I like the personalities and we have a lot of those guys as guests, but you know, when somebody says, well, it, it, NASCAR finally got rid of the Confederate flag. I, I look at it as I don't. Yes. Could we have done it before? But we but they did it like that. That's progress that you did it. And here we are talking about this. I mean, you probably didn't think there would be a day maybe in your lifetime that that Confederate flag would not be flying inside a track. That's right. It, it's been very slow to happen. It, it's taken far, far too long. Um, you know, NASCAR is still a predominantly, an, an overwhelmingly white male sport. Uh, even in comparison to other branches of motorsports, NASCAR remains a white male sport. They're working awfully hard to change that. They've made some terrific progress. Bubba Wallace is certainly an example of that. Um, so the fact that it's taken too long is sad, but the fact that it's finally happening, uh, it's been it's been a cataclysmic last couple of months for our sport between COVID-19 and all of the, the Confederate flag discussion and debate. It's been, uh, it's been a tsunami, really, that's overtaken this sport, and, and I don't think we've seen the, the last of it yet. Yeah, you know, NASCAR's got to get – NASCAR, like baseball, you have an older your, – your fan base is older. I, you know, NASCAR is partnering with Barstool Sports to try to get younger. You would think you would be trumpeting Bubba Wallace. Here's a good looking guy, not afraid to stand up, speak his mind. This is the future. That's a whole different fan base. Um, and, and hopefully NASCAR is looking at it that way. Uh, and I'm I'm watching today, but I'm watching for Bubba Wallace. I, I, I God, I hope the hell he wins. So. I understand that completely, and and you're right that it's a mystery to me that corporate America has not yet found a reason and an excuse to step up and get behind a Bubba Wallace with everything positive that he has going for him. And quite honestly, there are no negatives with Bubba Wallace. And then you, you factor him in with Richard Petty, you know, with the with the hat and the sunglasses is the most recognizable personality in the history of our sport. You know, he's our Muhammad Ali. You could you could send him to Uzbekistan and someone <laughs> would walk up to him in the airport and ask him for his autograph. So it's a it, it's baffling to me 
that nobody in corporate America really has seen fit to any great degree to get behind this young man. But I'm, I'm hopeful that this may change, maybe for all the wrong reasons, but, but the end result may turn out to be right. Dave, thanks for joining us and good luck this afternoon. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Dan. That's Dave Moody, lead turn announcer for Motor Racing Network, host of Sirius XM Speedway on Sirius XM, the NASCAR radio channel. All right. There's no easy pivot here, but, uh, you know, you start to look at these situations here and it felt like that there's there's progress in that sport. And I'm not here to police or dictate or as much as I just observe it. Um, And that was where I couldn't help but, you know, I looked at Bubba Wallace and I went, how many how many people would do that in their sport? Have have the guts to do that, to stand up and say, this is who I am. This is not who this sport is. And he did it. He's doing it and and will continue to do it. And they'll find the person who will be outed. And, uh, you know, it's a hate crime. They should go to jail. Absolutely. But, yeah, I'll be watching Talladega today. Uh, zero progress with Major League Baseball. I, I, I laugh now. I do. I laugh. Because whenever you get an update, all the update is uh, the players say they're willing to. The owners aren't willing to do anything other than what they've already said. Like they're so set in what they're going to do, what they want to do. It's the players who go, all right, we'll do 70 games. Remember, we were up to, what, 114? Now we're down to 70. And then we're going to go down to 60. And then we're going to decide if there's going to be a season because the owner's going to want 50 games. And that's it. That's it. I, I, I think baseball probably went, wait a minute, guys are testing positive here? Yeah, that's going to happen. I don't, for some reason, I don't think that they've thought that out as much as, hey, once we agree on the number of games and uh, where we're going to play and how much money, then it should be good, right? And that's not the case. And that won't be the case. Football has time. Baseball does not. The NBA does not. You had a golfer test positive down at Hilton Head. Tennis player testing positive. It's going to happen. But the question is, oh, that's a healthy athlete. Oh, that's a young athlete. It's who did they come in contact with who might not be healthy? And then they come in contact. And then they come in contact. Those are the things that, you know, have to be brought to light. And as much as we say, well... There's going to be football. I don't know. My doubt, I have doubts that it starts on time. I do. Baseball, I got doubts for a variety of reasons. The NBA, I have doubts, but it feels like they they have a better plan in place. I don't know what baseball's plan is. Feels like, hey, we, we solved everything. Everybody gets their, now we know how much money is going to get paid. Now we know how many games are going to be played. That doesn't solve anything. And then college football, I mean, look, the, the, the game plan might be, whether it's strategic or not, hey, they're going to test positive, so they test positive, now they quarantine, and then we get through this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, all these people getting together. And if, you got, if you're a teenager or you're a young athlete, oh, this won't affect me. I'll be asymptomatic. It's not you. It's about other people you're going to come in contact with. But, yeah, it was kind of a bummer with a lot of things over the weekend in sports. 
But, you know, rough weekend for college football. No progress with uh, baseball. A noose in the garage of Bubba Wallace. We sort of went, oh, the Belmont was run? Oh, I hope you had a great Father's Day. A couple of phone calls here. CJ in Arizona. Hey, CJ, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Uh, 510-190. I'm just calling in just to talk about Ole Miss in regards to the mascot and whatnot and the flag. So I graduated from Ole Miss a few years ago, and when I got there in 2013, our mascot was actually changed from the Colonel Reb. Yeah. To the Black Bears, and that was rough for a little while. People weren't huge fans of it. And then as of, I think, three years ago, the student body voted it to become the Land Sharks now, which I think everyone likes a lot more than the Black Bears. But some progress made in that direction. I think we're still regarded as the Ole Miss, you know, Rebels and not the Ole Miss Land Sharks. But, you know, we're taking baby steps in that direction. And then in charge of the state flag, they actually, the student government, I think 2016 when I was there, voted to prefer to not fly the flag on student grounds or the grounds of the campus. But then the state government kind of countered saying, roughly speaking, if you know, we're not going to fly our flag, you're not going to get like funds from the state taxes and whatnot. So it's kind of just an ongoing battle down there. Yeah, and, and, and we talked to Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. Thank you, CJ. And I said, you know, what role does the SEC play in taking, you know, changing Ole Miss? And uh, he said, well, that's, you know, he leaves that up to the school. But I don't know if at what point, if the commissioner can say, we're not going to allow you to hold any championship events in Mississippi. I don't think they host any championship events in Mississippi. But if the commissioner is saying that, you know, can he say something about Ole Miss? And didn't sound like that was something, uh, a road that Greg Sankey wanted to go down. All right, we'll take a break. Nick Wright will join us on loan from Fox Sports. And... Uh, I think he's the last one to talk to Colin Kaepernick. Um, and he considers Kaepernick a friend. And and I thought, you know, he's been passionate about this. And I wanted to have Nick on. I thought he would be a good person to just ask him about how optimistic is he that Colin Kaepernick gets a chance. And when's the last time he talked to Kaepernick? And does he think Kaepernick is ever going to be able to be available and talk? And maybe let people know if he wants to play or not. 18 after the hour. Glad you're part of the program. More phone calls. Best and worst of the weekend. Adam Sandler in an hour from now. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Best and worst of the weekend. More phone calls coming up. McLevin, did you settle on a poll question? Yeah, I just put up, is Dak Prescott a top 10 QB without... <laughs> and I don't want anyone to study. And uh, 62% said no. You're following the Fox format. And that is, all else fails, mention Dak Prescott or LeBron James, right? Well, it is a big day. He's signing his contract right now. It's not like we pulled Dak Prescott out of thin air. I'm just kidding. He's Mr. Fox Sports, co-host of First Things First on Fox Sports 1. And what's right with Nick Wright on Sirius XM? Good morning, Nick. How are you? Good morning, Dan. What an honor <laughs> to be on this show the first time. I Technically, I've been on once before, but it's when that goofball Chris Mannix was hosting, so it doesn't count. So I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on, Dan. Uh, let's talk about Dak Prescott and this contract here. 
No, I'm just kidding. We don't. I have... got takes. I got <laughs> oh, takes. you do? You okay. want them? Yeah. I got no. Give me your. Yeah, t- yeah. Give me your take. Top ten is about right. I'd say somewhere from the eight to twelve range. The worry is, you want to pay the eight to twelfth best quarterback in football, like he's the best quarterback in football. And if you want me to expand for two and a half hours on that, I can do it. <laughs> or we can talk about more interesting things. Let's get to LeBron James. Sure. Yeah. I mean, legacy <laughs> on the line. Uh, obviously, if they win the title, people put an asterisk. If not. People will say it totally counts. The asterisk conversation all about him. What else you got? I can spitfire these. Quakes. Oh, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> now that, you know, I, we were talking about Dak Prescott here and I said, I don't know if he'll ever have the numbers to live up to his contract. I think this will be about winning. Um, and like Russell Wilson, it's about winning. It's not about gaudy numbers. It, there are other quarterbacks who will have that. I, I, I think that Dak Prescott has to win and that'll validate everything. What do you think? I, I think that's about right. I guess it just depends on what do we – is winning only winning a Super Bowl? Because that's going to be a tough putt. Does winning mean consistently winning the division, making the conference championship game, which the Cowboys haven't been in in a quarter century? Is that is is that bar, if he clears that, does he validate it? Probably. I just feel like – listen, the, every team in the NFC has been to a Super Bowl this century except for – Washington, Detroit, at least the conference championship game this century, I should say, Washington, Detroit, and Dallas. They just, they have this air of greatness because, you know, some folks talk about them all the time. I don't know who they are, <laughs> that they haven't necessarily earned over the last 25 years. So, yeah, if they get to a conference championship game, it's a hell of an accomplishment. Would Jerry Jones fire himself? Yeah. So, how about this? If Steven had done the job Jerry did, Jerry would have fired his son. Yeah. No question in my mind, right? Like, so the the closest person in the world to him had done this job, he'd have been removed a long time ago. So, yes, I agree with I don't know if it's because you have to do this every day like I do, and I don't know if it's felt like a blur or it feels like it's just been interminable. How would you sum up the, the last three months? I would say... The first, everything pre-George Floyd felt like almost a day-to-day grind that all blurred together. It was slow, but it was hard to differentiate days. And, you know, since May 25th, I would say, for me personally, I've gone through such a roller coaster of being as depressed, despondent, and hopeless as I've maybe ever felt as an adult watching the nightly police brutality like it was a feature film and then almost immediately around the time that Goodell released his statement and then Mitt Romney is saying black lives matter and then it feels like oh my god where there was no movement for a few years now all of a sudden people are getting it and that has made me feel hopeful but then you have moments like last night and it's like hey by the way there's a noose in Bubba Wallace's locker and it's like damn it man but I, the, to me, the I set I separate coronavirus into pre and post George Floyd because for a month there, the global pandemic wasn't even the biggest story in the world. I know you've mentioned this. We're talking to Nick Wright, co-host of First Things First on Fox Sports One. Uh, your friendship with Colin Kaepernick and uh, the the last time you spoke to him and our will we will we have anything coming from Colin Kaepernick that would be football related anytime soon? I don't know. I'll, I'll be totally candid. The, the last time Colin and I spoke was, because this is the type of person he is, about a month into the pandemic, 
he reached out to me and said, Nick, Nessa and I just want to make sure you and your wife and kids are doing okay. Do you need anything? That was the last time he and I had communication. That was obviously pre what Roger Goodell said. I reached out to him after what Roger Goodell said, and I and I haven't heard back. But that is not that surprising. Our relationship has really never been based about his football career. And so I almost felt a little embarrassed even asking him, but I felt like I had an obligation if he wanted to say something. I I think the he he gave his statement that people, you know, maybe wasn't perfectly delivered when he did that tryout and he said stop running. I I do think it would be in his best interest if he gave another statement say, along the lines of we've now had Pete Carroll say they should have signed me. Anthony Lynn said I should be worked out. The commissioner has no problem with it. I'm available to be worked out. I think what he and his agent would tell you is they know he's available. He's been available. He's wanted to play for the last three years just because the rest of the world's catching up to his cause doesn't mean there's more of an onus on him. And I didn't know how he would take this, Nick, because I looked at it and said, well, what has changed? People's perception maybe, or maybe they've they've come to the realization that they were the one he was blackballed. Kaepernick hasn't changed. He's just gotten older here. And he's got to look at this and go, wait, you're going to have me come back. And are you really going to give me now? You're going to give me a legitimate tryout. But is it going to feel like a legitimate tryout for him? The, listen, there is such immense mistrust on both sides here. I, I know that some of his biggest advocates behind the scenes in the league felt betrayed by the lawsuit now i don't know that they should have but i know that they did some folks that were like man we were working on your behalf because we saw what was going on i know colin feels like the tryout was a total sleight of hand set up just to undercut future lawsuits and i and i actually think that tryout which maybe it was an olive branch maybe it was an olive branch with some strings attached set this further back that if if that had never happened maybe we would be closer along. And I, I do think on, from a football perspective, one thing I'll say is for a long time, when, when folks didn't want to acknowledge he's being blackballed, people said, well, he's too good to be a backup. Well, that's probably not true anymore. He's out of football for three years. Well, I think he's going to be too expensive. Well, I don't believe that's true anymore either because he's drawn $0 from the NFL for three years. I don't think he's going to be like 10 million bucks or I'm not playing. And the last one was, your backup needs to stylistically be similar to your starter. Now, I don't know that I ever believed that. Lamar stepped in for Flacco and they took off. But if that is true, we now have a third of the league with kind of a dual threat quarterback. We have more starters like that than ever. My defending champion Chiefs have a dual threat quarterback. Their backup's Chad Henney. He's thrown five passes in five years, and he's not a dual threat guy. So you would think the football reasons – if those were ever part of the reason he was out of the league, those are opening up a bit. Two-part, two-pronged question. Do you think he gets an offer? And do you think he would accept an offer? Oh, I – let me answer the second part first. I 100% believe he would accept an offer. Okay. I believe that Colin Kaepernick did not think he was sacrificing his career when he started taking a knee. I think he thought he was – he, he I, I don't think many of us thought, well, he's going to be thrown out of football. He's going to be blackballed. I, and in the, in the months leading up to the 2017 season, if you said, I think he's being blackballed, you were called a fool. You were said, no, 
it's money or it's wait for someone to get hurt or, well, he's got to learn the system. And then Jacoby Brissett got traded for and played eight days later. It was all these things. And so I think Colin has put his money and his actions where his mouth is on what, what matters to him. But I know for a fact he loves football. And I don't think he ever believed I'm never going to be able to run out of that tunnel again. I don't think it ever occurred to him. They're, 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 I think he thought what I thought. There's not enough quality quarterbacks. Dude was in the Super Bowl two years prior. Like, he's, he's going to get a job. There might be a few teams that say we don't want him. And so, yes, I believe he would absolutely jump on an opportunity to play. I don't think it's 0% he gets the opportunity like I would have told you three weeks ago. But I don't think it's good. I don't think it's above 20%. What I hate hearing, Nick, is, you know, Doug Peterson. Hey, you know, we'd think about bringing him in. Pete Carroll. Hey, Anthony Lynn. I want to hear an offer. I don't want to. It's like all the people who said, you know, we were going to draft Russell Wilson. You know, we thought about taking Russell. Well, you didn't. So I don't want to hear that people, hey, we'd be open to it. Well, then do it. I don't want to hear it almost like you're covering your ass here. Yeah. And there's also, there's always been a level of dishonesty in this whole conversation because now that Black Lives Matter is no longer a, well, it's still a controversial statement, but it's, but you've got the majority of American support and people are no longer trying to, change the message on the kneeling and forget the history that he started kneeling as you know very well know because nate boyer said hey this will resonate better nate boyer a uh, uh, navy seal or i'm sorry green beret uh will resonate better than sitting and now what you hear is folks love to bring up two things the socks and the shirt and it, it like it, that's the new thing and i just maybe i missed the memo where police became the one group of people we can't poke fun at Lawyers and used car salesmen would have loved to know there are jobs that are off limits to make fun of. There's a whole industry of lawyer jokes. And then the other one is, all right, well, the Castro shirt. And and I love hearing people talk about the Castro shirt right after they do a segment. So excited to see Mike Tyson's next fight, who has a Chairman Mao tattoo. <laughs> like these people don't actually care about these things. They just don't like cap. And so they're using they're using a different cudgel to use against it. I wonder if he'll get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And I'm being serious. Oh. I'm being serious. I, I, I look, I, I don't know enough about it other than if you look at the change that's happened and maybe the change that's going to continue to happen, and can we take it back to a guy who, was, who, who knelt, who took a knee? I, I don't know. I just I throw that out there. I, I do think where Colin was very consistent was his his protest was not about something intangible or indefinable such as systemic racism, which while is a blight, it has its tentacles in so many different things. It's very hard to unpack. His protest was about a very specific thing, police brutality against communities of color and a system of policing that encourages it. And folks didn't want to hear it at the time. But then post-George Floyd, when we saw, even when these police forces knew they were on camera, couldn't help themselves. And by the way, it wasn't just communities of color. There's that poor 75-year-old man in Buffalo, the 16-year-old girl, I think, in Cleveland. Like they, I think all of a sudden, folks saw what they couldn't see during Ferguson. 
During Ferguson, it was just black folks getting beat on. And, be, and it was just one police force. And now when you see it nationwide, I do think if we do move towards nationwide police reform, he absolutely deserves a tremendous amount of credit for focusing the conversation there. Uh, before I let you go, the most serious question. Uh, some of my guys, the Danettes, they're kind of split down the middle on the length of your hair. Like they would like for you to go back and maybe... I oh I I should go back. Yeah. This can I tell you something right now? I certainly should go back as long as I'm doing the show from my house and I have to do my hair on my own. Dan, I my hair was shaved a year ago. Look at this. Oh, this is an outrage. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I every morning I just mat it down. I don't know what I'm doing. I also feel like I I'm I look cooler with the shaved head. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, as soon as I can get to a barber again, I'm either going to have them fix it or shave it. I don't know which Wait, your in, hair looks immaculate as always in your wife, a stylist. Yeah, but not hair. She does clothes. My wife, oh. fashion bird, free, yeah, free bird. I should say, yeah. Freebird actually is her company. Yep. People can find her online. Uh, yeah, she does clothes. <laughs> she does some interior decorating. She does not do hair and makeup. And so oh, I'm just, okay. and by the way, my family's out of town. They left me on Father's Day to go spend it with people they like more. So I'm here all by myself, just sitting here talking to you, dealing with this hair. Are you lonely? Um, I mean, they left yesterday. I, I'm a little. I was. I was a little down. I was like, of all the days you're gonna leave, you're gonna leave on Father's Day. Sweet, but okay, whatever it happens. Um, uh, but then Dan Patrick reached out to me, and I was like, well, this is one of my radio fathers. So it kind of made me, it picked me back up. <laughs> you look a little like Nick Cage. Yeah. yeah. I'll take any I look like. I always <laughs> feel like when other people are like, you look like Nick. The only one I don't like, you know, I'm, no, you got to go. There's a soccer player named Frank Ribery who people say I look like. I think he's French. But his only really noticeable trait other than <laughs> his nose is a facial scar. And I'm like, I don't even have that. You're just saying I'm so funny looking. I look like a guy who everyone's like, oh, he's the guy with the scar in his face. I don't have the scar on my face. I'm just funny looking. Keep fighting the good fight there. And uh, thank you. Great, great stuff. Thank you, Nick. Great to talk See to you. See you later. All right. You too. That's Nick Wright, co-host of First Things First on Fox Sports 1 and also uh, What's Right with Nick Wright on Sirius XM Mad Dog Channel. He's fixing his hair now. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. Adam Sandler will join us coming up next hour. More phone calls right after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Best and worst of the weekend. I misspoke. Uh, Baseball is still offering a 60-game season, and uh, I mentioned 50. 60 games, I don't think they budge off 60. I think that that's what they've kind of put on the books of this is what it's going to cost, this is how much we're going to lose, this is how much we're paying, and I don't think they're going to budge off 60 games. I don't know if the Players Association is going to say, all right, okay, we give up. We'll take the 60 games here. And then we'll take it out on you owners with the uh, next round of uh, negotiations. Uh, let me get a couple of phone calls, then we'll do our best and worst of the weekend. Jeff in Pennsylvania. Hi, Jeff. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, second time, long time, 64200. 
I got two bests for you. Uh, my first best, and just let me say, when you guys do any of your hot guy drafts, it always makes me question my manhood. But uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys seen this. <laughs> Over the weekend, uh, I had a question again because the uh, the NFL memes Facebook page uh, they posted photos of all the NFL quarterbacks made up to look like women. I oh, think all they I saw that on makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, my Raiders quarterback looked like Avril, Avril Levine. <laughs> Big Ben looked like Amy Schumer. But I'm not ashamed to say that Jimmy G is one attractive woman. <laughs> uh, my second best is spending Father's Day with my wife, two-year-old, and six-month-old, who got me my first piece of Las Vegas Raiders gear. Shout out to Bucky Larson. I mean, Mark Davis for getting that move wow. done. Wow. And uh, last but not least, suck it, Broncos fan. Oh, Have a good one, Dan. Wow. What is that about? Wow. I'm just sitting here innocently, and he's dragging me into it. Last week, you were labeled the heart and soul of this uh, by, by, a, by a preacher, wow. I think. It, it, it turns that quickly, Todd. It really Todd. does. It the, uh, the ups and downs like that yeah. in the business. Uh, Brian in Texas. Hi, Brian. Best and worst of the weekend. Hey, bud. Yep. Um, the best of the weekend was being able to watch golf without somebody in the gallery yelling out on every tee shot, <laughs> get in the hole! No, no. <laughs> and the worst was, of course, the rain delay. All right. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, I have a, a friend who hates the Cleveland Browns, and he sent out the pictures of the NFL quarterbacks if they were women. And so you had Joe Burrow. I, I think he was saying uh, the AFC North. Um, and it was uh, you had Ben Roethlisberger and you had Lamar Jackson and you had Joe Burrow. And they were all dressed up as women. And then they left Baker Mayfield looking just like Baker Mayfield as if this is what he looks like as a woman. And I went, wow, that's mean spirited. Funny mean spirited. Yes. Todd. Did you take a second look at Joe Burrow as a woman? I did. I would have asked the female Joe Burrow out for sure. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Oh, I know you text me to say, Hey, I said Joanne Burrow, whatever I could, I could you know what? let's go to the movies, grab a little bite to eat. How would we look as women? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Well, just keep an eye on the email. It should be fun. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure chat row will uh, assist. Who has the softest features mm-hmm. in here? Todd's got the softest hands by far. And I'm just soft in general, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Seton probably has some soft features. Yeah. Mm, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I yeah. shop out the beard. Yeah. If they if they go back like ten years, yeah, that youngster, yeah, yes, Todd. Does everybody know what their name would have been if they were a girl? Mara. You would have been Mara. Yeah. Oh, so you're named after Seton Hall, correct? Or you've been named after the owners of the Giants? <laughs> okay. I my mom never brought it up. Really? No. I was going to be Wendy. It <laughs> <That> was. <laughs> Wendy. Well, Wendy. Uh, uh, McLovin, do you know what you would have been if you were a, a girl? Not attractive is one thing I can well, tell you. No, <laughs> my sister's very pretty. But I don't, my features do not lend themselves to that. Did you guys know McLovin had a sister? I did not. I knew he had two brothers. This is the first time. That's I, the, this is the first time I've heard of it. Wait, hold on. Andrew, you have a sister? Am I right? The, the whole room is the same I, I, did, I did not know that. No, my I, sister in Boston. Never heard of it. Never heard of that. I'm always talking about how I'm going up to Boston. No? You've, for your wife's family, or somebody's up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, too. Andrew's mentioned once or twice that he has in laws, but I, I didn't, <laughs> I always thought it was a brother, not a sister up there. 
Okay, Fritzy. Oh, I thought it was his wife's oh, family. Fritzy. You guys just found out recently that no, I was. No, you hid the fact that you had a sister. Yeah, like as if I was embarrassed or she had some kind of disorder or something that I was trying to hide somewhere in, in a back room. She, I, I, I had thought that you guys were aware of that and didn't come out, I guess. Till, How am I aware of it? I don't it? know. Until you like met her at like my kid's bar mitzvah or something like that, or you saw the picture of her on my dad's knee where she looked like a part of a ventriloquist act. <laughs> but she, she came up to me and she goes, um, I'm the sister Todd doesn't want to talk about. Terrible. And yeah, Seton. This is fascinating. Fascinating <laughs> turn of events. Why for is a the Monday. back row ashamed of their sisters? It's so odd. Wait, I don't know exactly how many siblings. But you, I know Paulie has one sister. Yeah. Seton has definitely has a brother, but I'm not a hundred percent positive that's it. No, I have a sister too. Fritzy's got a brother and a sister, <laughs> I, and I don't know exactly how many brothers and sisters you have. I know it's there's few. six of us. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was five. No. Well, there's five, and me makes six. But yeah, I got uh, three brothers, two sisters. Oh, I thought you had one sister. That's why I missed it. Yeah. Yes, Todd. This is very funny how we're first learning about each other after almost two decades working together. I'm shocked. I did not know McLovin had a sister. You guys all knew Seton had a sister? Yeah, he's mentioned. (laughs) My sister sister is actually the... I I see what you're doing, and it's funny. Uh, Oh, really, where she live? It's like, just because you don't pay attention to our families doesn't mean that we're hiding them. But my sister is the person that came up with Jimmy Lipper. That's, I mean, like, she's... Her her fingerprints are all over this show. So, yeah, my sister is very much a part of it. Oh, I liked you, I, Todd. I, I really appreciated your sister. She sends me text messages a lot. Whoa, she's very nice. whoa, well, whoa, no, whoa. She's whoa. a clean, I'm sure. No, they are. They are. She, but she's very sweet. She's very nice. She's a big Josh Groban fan, almost to the point where it's uh, disturbingly uncomfortable. What does that have to do with texting me? I'm just saying she's a, she, I'm just saying she's a, she, everything about her is, these days is about Josh Groban and based I'm off a like your, the era you live in, wouldn't she be like a bigger fan of like people that were on the Love Boat or Fantasy Island, like Billy those type Joel. of actors? Yeah, Billy Joel in the eighties. That would make a lot more sense. No, I, I really enjoyed talking to her. She's fun. My mom is also a character. She is. That if there is a female Todd. And if, you, and if you've ever watched Everybody Loves Raymond, she is the character that Doris Roberts yes. played, like to a T. It's scary how many things in my family mimics what goes on. In yeah, your mom, very uh, pretty woman and uh, energetic, loves to talk. Like, I would hang around your sister and your mom more often if it meant I didn't have to hang around <laughs> you. <laughs> I can understand yeah. that. We should have your mom come in for the day. But they tend to ramble like I do, but at least what they have to say oh, is, is entertaining and interesting. They, I, I had to leave your sister at the bar, at, at the bar mitzvah, because... Well, they'll keep talking. I did. I had, she was still talking, and I, I just sort of drifted away. And you could put up whatever social cue you want. Anyway, I gotta go. My kid's bleeding. Whatever you come up with, they'll keep talking. Uh, building's on fire. Yeah, you know. Uh, and then she... I'm taking my wife away in handcuffs. I should probably go see. No, no, wait a second. So anyway, so this is what I did yesterday. It's still just the most amazing moment. Hi, I'm Todd's sister. You oh. probably don't know about me. What? <laughs> and you're right. What? You don't know about <laughs> We keep her up in the attic. <laughs> don't go in the attic. Not a good place to go. Uh, more phone calls coming up. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. And Adam Sandler will join us. Final hour this Monday. Coming up here on the Dan Patrick Show. 